Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Doing this again? Hey, it's uh, Rooster here with Crow. Hi. Who didn't have a cold open prepared? So, you you, you didn't come up with much. I did not. <laughs> uh, all right, we got tons of stuff to talk about, and I think this is episode twenty-two. For the first time, we have official sponsors. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was bound to happen. We don't have to get to it yet, though. We'll get to them later. So, but first. I kind of want to start with uh, the sort of I told you so, my capitalist I told you so. Okay. The whole thing with Maduro and socialism in Venezuela, um, that their whole country is basically collapsing. You know, it's probably, though, just because they did socialism wrong. But uh, there's no shortage of articles to read here. But I'm going to go with one from CNN Money because that's not going to get me accused of being a right-leaning Nazi. Um even though the Nazis are on the left. Shut up to your history. Uh, so it says, the only thing uh, the only thing Venezuela has in abundance is chaos. The economy has spiraled out of, spiraled toward collapse, and a humanitarian crisis has plunged hordes uh, into needless sickness and starvation. The country is also in the grip of a political crisis. The referendum on Sunday uh, called for President Nicolas Maduro uh, could erode the last vestiges of democracy. The vote could allow him to rewrite the Constitution and replace the National Assembly, which is controlled by the opposition, with an entirely new legislative body filled with his hand-picked nominees. Venezuela was once the richest country in Latin America. And then it goes on to say, here's how it fell apart. But they have the largest crude oil reserves in the entire world, more so than Saudi Arabia. And it said... Uh, that once seemed like an endless gusher of cash. Now the government is running out of money, prices are soaring, and nobody knows how much worse it will get. I read somewhere, I think it's a World Trade Organization, that says they have 1 million percent inflation. Oh, man. That a candy bar there, like a Snickers bar, would cost you the equivalent of $10,000 now. So what do people just start trading, basically, instead of using cash? They're killing each other in the streets. All right. They're So anyway, so someone tried to kill Maduro at some big uh, military parade with uh, drones with explosives on them, which is kind of a scary thought, but people said they think uh, they think that was faked. Yeah, it was uh, speculation is that it was a false flag operation kind of to, to get him uh, to be able to crack down on his opposition easier or more uh, without um, having to explain it. Yeah, and I don't know if I believe that or not. I mean, I really don't care about what the hell happens in these shithole countries. But, um, you know, I think, uh, well, not that Venezuela always was, but it sure is now. Um, but did you see the the video of when his bodyguards were trying to protect him with the bulletproof? I know. I never, I'd heard it, but I so heard about it, but I never saw it. He's out speaking, sort of Saddam Hussein or Hitler style, out in front of this big parade of his soldiers going by and everything. And... Uh, um, these uh, drones come in, they fly into buildings, and they blow up. And it shows, like, the troops scattering and stuff. Well, three or four guys run up in front of him and hold these, like, Kevlar... Riot shields? 
not even riot shields. They look like they look like fold out pieces of foam stuff. Oh, it's like those things they put inside ca- cars to put up in the windows when you get attacked. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they just went held them up in front of them. Like no one can shoot them from the side or anything else. But the only thing I thought was fishy about it is I was watching a commentator and I can't remember where showing the whole thing and they said watch the film of him when the when the bombs go off and he sort of looks around kind of what's going on and a couple generals behind him don't move so either mm. they're either they're uh you know probably stoic as hell or <laughs> they were just like what the hell was that you know they're used to all the chaos this uh, commentator was saying or they're in on it and i don't know if i go that far but it was was kind of interesting. Well, from PJ Media, there's not, he'd say the, B, the BBC quotes anonymous firefighters at the scene who say the incident was actually a gas tank explosion inside an apartment, but did not provide further details. Um, and then the Venezuelan authorities said that seven people had been arrested, but you, they are saying put two and two together and the possibility exists that Maduro's government in the midst of a terrible economic crisis with inflation climbing towards 1 million percent and empty grocery store shelves might have engineered a false security situation to give an excuse to crack down on opponents. Well, this CNN Money One says uh, the country turned towards socialism in 1999 elected Hugo Chavez president. He championed populism, uh, cut ties to the United States, and cozied up to China and Russia, both of which loaned Venezuela billions. Chavez ruled until his death in 2013 and is still seen today as a hero for the poor. But his government far overspent on welfare programs and it fixed prices for everything. It declared farmland state property and then abandoned them uh, and instead made the nation dependent on selling its oil abroad. Before he died, Chavez picked Maduro to succeed him. Maduro kept up the uh, regime's practices. His administration also stopped publishing any reliable statistics, including on economic growth and inflation. It accepted millions in bribes for construction project and racked up debts. It is still struggling to pay. Meanwhile, the only commodity Venezuela has left uh, began to plunge in value. In 2014, the price of oil was $100 a barrel. Then several countries started to pump too much oil as previously inaccessible oil could be dredged up with new drilling technology. Uh, at the same time, business globally, businesses globally weren't buying more gasoline. Too much oil caused the global price to drop to 26 bucks. Hmm. Oh, they're completely fucked. Today it hovers around 50 bucks, which means Venezuela's income is cut in half. So they had this thing where they, you know, and uh, I've, I've heard this is a bad thing. When you spend way more than you take in, I've heard that's not a good fiscal practice. <laughs> and it appears that they did it with their whole country. And so, you know, they, it's, uh, it is socialism, but they, they must have just done it wrong. Because if they did it right, everybody knows it would have worked well. Well, I mean, can you point to an example in the past where it worked well? Just, I'm just curious. Um, next question, please. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I heard somebody, as Ben Shapiro saying this, the, the new countries that everybody holds up, uh, all the socialists hold up are the uh, Norwegian countries, or the Norwegian countries, the Scandinavian there countries, we go. Norway, Sweden, Denmark, uh, Finland. And, and the thing is, those countries were capitalist countries before they were socialist countries. So they had, you know, their incomes are based on a capitalist our capitalist model with socialist government and they're not exactly killing it either. Yeah. So it hasn't been going on long enough. The, their, their kind of decline into socialism. Uh, there's not enough data yet 
it hasn't been going on long enough for, for it to basically show how it's going to fail. It's going to fail. And especially with the immigration crisis that's going on at most of them, it's going to, it's going to exponentially fail. Oh, they don't have an immigration crisis. Oh, sure. They're, uh, they welcome all are welcome there. Yeah. Cause, uh, uh, diversity is their strength. Yeah. And here's the thing. Their strength was their, their lack of diversity, to be honest. The, the reason that these smaller countries worked with their socialist government is because they all had kind of a shared system, a shared value system, a shared altruistic streak, that kind of nationalistic kind of, you know, we're going to help each other out kind of attitude. And on a small scale, that, that might work actually. Um, but if you start bringing in different cultures and different races that have different, that are at odds politically or um, ideologically or religiously or, you know, any, any other way, it's not going to work. Because there's going to be people taking, and there's going to be people that that get resentful of the giving. Yeah. Well, it's like Margaret Thatcher said: the problem with socialism, you run out of other people's money. Yeah. Well, and I'm tired of these comparisons. I'm looking at this right now. So this is as of 2016. Sweden's population is 9.9 million. Finland is five and a half million. Norway's 5.2. I did not know Norway was the smallest of those three, but whatever. Um, that's a total of 20 million people. Yeah. You can't compare countries of 20 million people to a country of 325 million people. And and countries that were homogenous. It's it's a whole different thing when you have a, a country full of people that share a common ancestry and share a common culture. How that works as opposed to America which basically is supposed to be a melting pot but it is made up of just uh, you know different races, different religions, you know, it's it's a whole different issue. You can't make something like that work on a big scale with with uh, with quote unquote diversity. Isn't Norway an oil country too? I don't know. I know they I know they build those huge drilling platforms, the ones they like float down the fjords and sell off to people. But hmm. I would assume if they're building them, they probably drill some oil. But uh, yeah, I'd, it it's a fucking nightmare down there. And if they Talk just, about Venezuela again? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how far off Norway is going to be, but it seems to be working for now for them. But yeah, it, it, and it's going to be, it's going to be people saying, "Well, they just haven't done socialism right," just like they said they haven't done communism right. Um, but to your point, show us where it's worked. Well, and then there's people on the left that say, "Well, capitalism isn't really the bee's knees," and there's all kinds of problems. When has capitalism been purely capitalism been been um, used and in, in used correctly. Well, mm. how much time you got? Yeah, but then there's also when you talk about some of the cap- capitalist-based um, economies, there is a lot of way too much government influence that kind of skews it away from being purely capitalist. Yeah, but but that's that's my argument when people talk about how capitalism doesn't work. It's like, well, it was until you got the government involved. The inter- interference is what makes it not work. Yeah. yeah. And this idea that, well, you know, if we didn't have, uh, if we didn't have, uh, the government involved, these, con- these companies would just be, uh, you know, they'd be selling you completely shitty products that would kill your kids. And how, how is that a model for staying in business? Right. You know, how is how is it a model to sell things that kill people? I get that we have to have some regulations on them so they're not polluting and all that stuff. Because if you can just dump your waste in the river, or or there's like short term scams, like people that are that'll give you a, a product that doesn't function properly or whatever, and they're just getting the quick buck and then getting the hell out of dodge. They're you know you need protections for that too, right? 
but it, it's it's absolutely insane that you have this this whole thing about you know well capitalism doesn't work because you know it's it's uh it's never worked before no it's worked in plenty of places and they say well but you know you have all this crony capitalism that's not capitalism that's the government getting involved yeah. and cutting people's that's, deals that's, out of yeah, it no longer capitalism at that point yeah it, capitalism is the ability to exchange what you've got for something else and the two parties get to decide if and they it's decide if it's mutually equitable. beneficial yeah yeah and you do that with everything you do it with labor you do it with all that so and we've had that whole minimum wage thing i don't want to do that again but um because it just frustrates the shit out of me having to try to lay that out for people but but i mean here's here's a country that should be it should be rich. This should be a three-foot putt. Venezuela should be kicking ass. And not only is it not working, it's falling into chaos. And people are shooting each other in the street and they can't find toilet paper. Stores are out of food. I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, they were just showing that uh, – I can't remember where I saw this article. It was when I was – I think it was an ABC News article that basically said uh, – oh, here it is. Yeah, one person – it's a CNN article – one person shot dead in Venezuela opposition vote. So they're shooting each other at the polls. I don't care how bad you think the United States is. It's way better than pretty much everywhere else. You know, you got a whole handful of countries that's, that are, um, you know, Japan, Canada, Germany, uh, England. You've got a handful of these European countries. Yes, I said European. Um, you know, a few Asian countries. And the rest of the world is a chaotic mess. Yeah. And uh, not to get too far off topic here, but I did did hear this thing. You, know, you talk about government regulation and the realities of it. So, you know, California has their straw ban now. Yeah. Um, and I, I forgive me, I don't have the spot where you can cite the statistics here, but uh, I saw this on Joe Rogan's podcast and he had a guest on that was saying uh, – so 95% of the plastic in the world is created by all but seven countries. The seven countries being like the United States, Canada, England. So 5% of the world's plastic waste comes from those seven countries. So if the United States stops producing straws, it will have basically no effect on the amount of pollution in the world. You know, because we already don't pollute that much. And it's, you know, it's insane that we're thinking, well, we just, you know, we'd stop straws and we'll feel better about each other. Did you hear there? They've started coming out with paper straws. Yeah, we mentioned that. Okay, they're flavored or whatever. Yeah, Starbucks has flavored straws are made of paper. So weird. Yeah, but guess what they're, guess what they're delivered in? Yeah, they're wrapped in, in plastic. In plastic. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, how stupid is that? Well, here's a here's an article from the New York Times. It says Trump hits Turkey when it's down, doubling tariffs. So he said on Friday that he would double the rate of tariffs on steel and aluminum imports from Turkey, inflicting additional pain on on President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name. Yeah, uh, whose country Erdogan. is in the, Erdogan? Sorry, yeah. So I, I yeah, I don't, whose country is in the midst of an economic crisis? Uh, Trump's abrupt and unilateral action came amid worsening relations uh, with Turkey, which, and that's something that you were talking about with that uh, the 
creature. Yeah. I mean, that's not the co- the cause of all yeah. this, but it doesn't make it better. Which has continued to detain an American pastor on espionage charges, despite the United States' insistence that he be released. Um, so in a Twitter post, Trump put, uh, this was from Friday morning, um, August 10th. Uh, I've just authorized the doubling of tariffs on steel and aluminum with respect to Turkey as their currency. The Turkish lira slides rapidly downward against our very strong dollar exclamation point. <laughs> aluminum will now be 20% and steel 50%. Our relations with Turkey are not good at this time. Exclamation point. <laughs> so, uh, so basically we buy aluminum and steel from them then is what it's saying. Yeah. And if we just double the tariffs on it, they're not selling, they're not selling us as much as they used to. Yeah. Because it costs more for us to buy, but then you you look at what the Fox Fox uh, or for what whatever for live article I was reading said, uh, and it says that's their only way out is to sell more of their stuff, and they can't. Yep. So not only are they not selling it, now they got to pay all this debt that's coming due. You know, it's like losing losing your job and you got a balloon payment on your house. Why don't they just play ball? Why don't they just go? Yeah, you're right. Let's let's get in on even keel, knowing full well that. If they if they give Trump the impression that they're trying to work with us, that Trump will reward them. Well, I this is a theory now right. on why this is. So for so many years, whether it was Clinton or Bush or Obama or whoever it was, whenever we had these issues, every everybody wanted to play nice. You know, I mean, uh, Obama went on his big apology tour. And uh, so, you know, no one has wanted to rock the boat. So we never laid any tariffs on anybody. We were never a dick about trade because we wanted to be the people who got along. Well, now Trump comes in and like we've said before, he's a, you know, he's an arrogant son of a bitch and he doesn't care. And he's doing this America first. Fuck you. Worry about yourself. We're going to worry about us kind of thing. And uh, everybody sees him as not only breaking that uh, sort of tradition of going along to get along. But doing it in a way that's just so aggravating, you know? And it's sort of like if you're in a, whether it's a, a business relationship or just a personal relationship with somebody, if they've got you in a spot, if they've got some sort of power over you, um, and they flaunt it in a way like that, and on top of that are like, you know, I'm going to make you do it because I can, and I'm going to enjoy it and fuck you. Your reaction is not to go, okay. It's to say, yeah, well, fuck you too. And I think that's what some of these countries are trying to do, and they can't do it. And so now a lot of the European countries are saying, all right, cool, let's work out some sort of deal. And they're cutting China out of the whole thing. Yeah, they, the European um, Union or trade union or whatever caved almost right away. Well, and there's still an argument as to how much they're caving and to what degree. But, but I mean, China is definitely being kept out of this. So if China's not buying soybeans and stuff from us, you know, yes, that hurts us. Who are they going to buy them from? Brazil, Brazil can't make near as much as we can. They just can't do it. So our GDP, I've said this before, is twice what the six other countries in the G7 are together. They just can't produce as much stuff as we can. So if China says, yeah, well, screw you, we won't buy your stuff then. Yeah, that's painful, but they can't get enough of it somewhere else. And then their economy starts to suffer. Because they can't supply what they need in other places. So they, they have to buy it from you. And again, if this is a trade war, there are casualties in a trade war and it sucks. You know, it's just like it's like being in a fight. Even if you win, you're going to get nicked up, you know. 
So there's there's going to be people who suffer from that. But the idea is on the back side of it, it's more stable. So now these soybean farmers, for example, can start selling their stuff at a better price because we basically made the other guy cave in. So in other words, MAGA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, let's get on to something else. But before we do, uh, this is very apropos. We have a uh, – our sponsor today is uh, Fool's Gold Line. With the economic uncertainty in the world, you need to make sure you have yourself covered. Many experts say that when recession looms, the best way to protect yourself is to invest in precious metals. But let's face it, gold, platinum, and silver are expensive, and most of us can't afford it, leaving us with little or no way to protect our finances. Well, we can't help you with that either. But Fool's Gold Line may be just what you're looking for. At Fool's Gold Line, you can buy official fake gold. No, you can't sell it. It won't help you keep your money. But for an extremely small amount of money, you can at least feel like you're doing something financially sound. That's right. For the money you can probably find in your couch cushions, you can feel like a straight-up baller. And if any of your friends tries to point out that it's virtually worthless and you can just dismiss them by arrogantly saying, hey, pyrite's the new thing. Where have you been? So get in touch with Fool's Gold Line and they'll be happy to set you up with a false sense of security and the attitude of a straight-up baller. That's Fool's Gold Line. Those who can buy gold. Those who can't pretend. Wow, I, you know what? I am sold. I'm I'm going right to Fool's Gold Line. Yes, exactly. Fool'sGoldLine.com. I'm, I'm gonna check this out. It's, I know. Uh, sounds interesting. Sounds intriguing. I gotta get me some uh, pyrite bling. So, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's do the brick quick. All right, we've got uh, table topics. Um, the uh, lucite brick full of cards that have random questions that we answer. Is this is this Turkish lucite? Because I heard uh, there's a heavy tariff on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking like a flimsy box there. Whose life, Rooster, do you find inspiring? Ooh. I could uh I could say some stuff about my parents, but I'd probably be doxing myself here. Um Life I find inspiring. Uh off the top of my head, uh I mean Ben Carson for one. To grow up in that shitty situation he did and become a Brain surgeon. I don't know if he's the best uh, choice for housing and urban development, but yeah, I God, I know I'll think of somebody. Um, well, well, I guess I I'm gonna have to say um, President Donald J. Trump. Oh God, MAGA. Yeah, you're wearing your Trump shirt too. <laughs> I heard a um, I know one. I heard this guy uh, John O'Leary, really good speaker, best speaker I've ever heard. He is a uh, I think he's a pastor, but he's an inspirational speaker. <laughs> Who, when he was eight years old, saw some uh, some of the neighbor kids who were lighting gas on fire, like doing dribbles of gas and touching it with a match and watching it. So he tried that one time when his parents were gone in their garage, and he put some matches on the ground, lit them, and then went to dump gas on them. And it blew up. Like, it blew up their whole garage. He was burned over, like, 90% of his body. He spent a couple years, basically, on his face in the... Uh, in the emergency room. And he's got this whole long story. John O'Leary is his name. Look his story up. But um, the guy is the most positive and uplifting person I've ever seen in my life. And he was just amazing. I mean, the fact that he's not super bitter and he has like this great sense of humor and everything. And I mean, it, it's really something cool. Yeah. There's, there's probably a lot of people along those lines that went through a lot of shit and just rose out of it that yeah. they aren't household names. But if you read about him, you'd be like, yeah, that's inspiring. <laughs> so I, I don't know specifically. I don't think of any famous people as, you know, that I find personally inspiring for me in my life. Yeah. 
but maybe there's situations that they go through that you go, oh, that's inspiring. That specific part of your life is inspiring, but as a whole, no. Generally not the people someone's trying to sell to me as an inspirational. Yeah. You know? All right. If you could only take one CD for a cro- cross country road trip, which would you choose? Uh, I'm going to get told I'm selling out here. Billy Joel's greatest hits. I love Billy Joel. And it was, uh, I mean, I grew up with that music and it's cheating because it's like four volumes. It's like 40 songs on it. So you hmm. wouldn't be listening to the same thing all the time. Are you like Megadeth? Is that who you are? <laughs> Cross country. I think I'd probably end up doing like a, like a, one of those compilation CDs. Oh, MTV's greatest hits. Yeah, exactly. No, I, <laughs> Something to do with like uh, um, classic rock road trip songs or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that's probably what would be something. Like the 70s skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's about yeah, the era maybe. And then uh, maybe some uh, Rat Pack stuff would be fun on a road trip. But uh, yeah, uh, nothing specific. No specific artist I'd, I'd want to l- listen to nonstop on a road trip or across country. I think I'd, they'd all get old if you listen to the same band or person. The whole time. Yeah, that's that's why I think I can listen to Billy Joel all the time. He's pretty good. All right, one more. Oh, all right. <laughs> Along the same line, what are your favorite workout songs? Uh, well, a year ago when I was still working out, <laughs> I like I'm, it. Doesn't matter to me. I mean, as long as it's like not slow and quiet. You're just all about the tempo. Yeah, and I like uh, I like when it's uh, like on a shuffle. I don't want like a playlist of I know that song is going to play and then this song is going to play. I want like a, a list of like 100 or 200 songs I can play from and then I want it to play through those. Well, I don't listen to music when I work out and it kind of frustrates uh, my brother because he says, how do you do that? How can you not have music to work out to? Um, and I go, it's just, I find it distracting. I, I focus on my workout. I don't want to hear a catchy tune that distracts me from it. And he Even, listens to what? Selena Gomez. Is that Justin Bieber? <laughs> Bieber and Gomez. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even when I run, I, I mean, I will put music on when I run like, but I, a lot of, well, lot, lately what I've been doing is doing this uh, zombie run app. You did that before, didn't you? Yeah. I've been doing it for a couple of years now and they have like seasons. It's almost like a TV show. So you run, you put this app on and then you put your, you can have your music in the app so your music will play and then it'll get cut off and it'll have these little story arc things that come on and then as you're running you'll go oh you know you'll hear zombies and you got to speed up otherwise they catch you and take your shit or whatever it's it's an interesting little thing but it's the music isn't part of it for me it's the story that's about it so yeah i'm not i'm not a music guy for working out yeah okay all right you wanted to talk about uh quickly this thing with candace owens and then you want to talk about deplatforming too yeah uh, Charlie Kirk is, hold on a sec here. He's like the, uh, yeah, uh, conservative wunderkind, isn't he? Isn't he like 26, 27? Yeah. And he, he, uh, he started a, a pack, some, yeah, a pack. And then he's got Candace. Well, he's got a business basically. And Candace owns works for him really. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called though. What's his, his deal called? Anyways, he's an activist obviously. Um, but they were attacked him and her. Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk were attacked by leftist protesters um, in Philadelphia at a, at a uh, coffee shop on uh, uh, Monday morning. So, uh, oh, uh, uh, it's uh, Turning Point USA. 
That's gotcha. the name of it. That's the name of his uh, his group, um, and it's just basically a conservative group that's supposed to. It's kind of inspired by Breitbart, Andrew by Breitbart, and it's, you know the whole thing where. Um, Jeez, he's twenty four. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, Makes me feel like I'm shit with my life. Where politics, they say Breitbart said politics is downstream of culture, mm-hmm. or is that what? Yeah, and so they kind of take that heart where they're trying to kind of go around the regular politics and get to you know get to the current culture and kind of change minds through that and Candace Owens is obviously an important part of that right now so anyways there's footage of it of these protesters show up at uh at this little coffee shop where they're having breakfast or whatever and just harass the shit out of them and basically taking um Maxine Waters words to heart where you just go and harass people and make a mob and make them feel unwelcome and drive them out. And uh, it's sickening and I'm tired. Of, I'm fucking tired of it. Uh, some asshole with a with a bullhorn is right in her fucking face screaming at her, which I consider assault. Plain and simple. That's assault. You're three inches away from someone's face shouting into a megaphone. That's assault. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it is or not, but. Well, she actually touches her with the, with the megaphone at one point. And she has to push it away from her face. Well, I, I would think if you got, if you were, uh shouting at somebody with a megaphone and they hit you and then you tried to sue them, there'd probably be a lawyer who'd make a pretty good case that you assumed some risk there in doing that. Well, protesters, this is uh, from the Daily Call- Caller is the website I'm looking at here. Protesters. Hurt. Sorry, what'd you say? The Daily Stormer? Isn't that your... Uh... <laughs> my preferred, uh, my go-to yeah, website for all the news that matters. Website. Yeah. Protesters hurled drinks and chanted, no more white supremacy at Owens, who was black, and Kirk. Who is white? At one point in the footage, the protesters approach the two and scream in their faces. Police can be seen attempting to protect the two and escorting them from the scene. Um, and then she tweeted afterwards, um, uh, Charlie Kirk and I just got attacked and protested by Antifa for eating breakfast. They are currently following us through Philly. All black and Hispanic police force protecting us as they scream, fuck the racist police. You know, it's funny. She was she was pointing out uh, she got in a... Uh in a debate on CNN with, um, uh, what was that? Eric, uh, Eric, Michael, Michael Dyson. Oh, no, uh, I know what you're talking about the guy who uses Eric big Michael words Dyson, because he's yeah. so insecure. Yeah. So he was, uh, he's using a lot of $10 words on her and she pointed out that, uh, you know, this is just, just her saying it. So I don't know. I don't know if it's totally true, but she said she basically, he was talking about the racism on the right. She says, I'm a black person who was being, confronted by a bunch of white liberals she goes there were no people of color in that in that group she goes being called the n-word and a coon and a porch monkey and all this stuff yeah, all the racism she is goes, coming so, from the, she goes who are the racists yeah it's coming from the left yeah she's right about that too and they're 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 bold about it i mean there's video of it and they're unapologetic yeah um here's the it says, uh, conservative, this is from that Daily Caller, a conservative activist, Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens were attacked by leftist protesters at a Philadelphia coffee shop. The pro-Trump Kirk and Owens are best known for organizing thousands of conservative students, uh, activists with the group Turning Point USA, which Kirk founded. The two have become the faces of young conservatism in the country. And footage from this morning sh- shared by Owens show the pair having drinks dumped on them and getting unidentified items thrown at them by angry protesters, many of whom have their faces covered, a la Antifa. You know, it's okay to fling poo at a Nazi. Yeah, at one point in the footage, a protester can clearly be seen dumping a drink on Kirk. And yeah, 
Yeah, that's what they do. That happened to Minnesota. That happened to um, Tommy Lern. She was at a restaurant with her mother, I believe. And as she was walking uh, through the tables or the crowd of people, some some woman picked up her glass and threw water on her. It's like I just I'm I'm getting fed up with the uh, with incivility from the left and uh, and the bullying tactics when they're the ones that are always screaming about bullying, 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 bullying. No, you guys are the biggest fucking bullies out there. Yeah, and they but, need and they need to get. But I it's mean, virtuous bullying. Yeah, they need to get the equivalent of a punch in the face. Like you know, I'm saying like they need to get put in their place. Like a like you get a bully in a playground that's beat, you know beating up the weaker kids or beating up the weaker targets, and the kid finally fight, hits him back and says "fuck you," and the bully you know backs down because he's a fucking coward to begin with. That needs to happen to the left. Do you ever see that classic bully uh, clip on YouTube? Of the kid, he looks like a bigger sort of pudgy kid who's getting bullied by a younger kid yeah. or a smaller kid. Okay. And he's like, I mean, he he just has this meekness about him, and he's just like, you know, taking it. And he's and, turning. He's basically turning the other cheek the whole time. And like then all of a sudden, away. he picks the kid up and just slams him down on the ground. And the and the kid gets up and he's just wobbled. He's yeah. like trying to stand. He's like staggering. But he had a couple of buddies with him, and one of them sort of jumped in, and then another kid jumps in from off camera, sort of to. Because the kid who slammed him down is just like, fuck it, I'm out of here. Do you want to so, hear a little bit of the audio from the attack? Sure. All right. I don't want to, but we might as well. Yeah, it just froze up. But that sounded really rational. There we go. Yeah, that, that I'm not going to play anymore because it keeps freezing up. But yeah, so basically they're screeching and, and, and uh, doing air horns and whistles and... Uh, bullhorns and uh, screaming, you know, Nazis, shame on you kind of stuff. I'm, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm really worried about what's going to happen when they go after, and I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this, but I think it's going to happen. Um, you know, they're going to go after somebody, some conservative who's a conceal and carry person who gets afraid or gets hit with a bike lock or something like that. You know, when they amp this up because it's not working they throw something at them. Instead of throwing a glass of water at them, they throw the glass at them. And somebody's going to get shot. And, you know, I'm not looking forward to seeing that happen. And my worry is that it's going to it's gonna be um, that person is going to end up getting ruined financially or, or trying to defend themselves for what they did when they're probably totally in the right. And that, that bothers me because if you've got a concealed carry permit and you're going to hear a political person speak and you know there's going to be Antifa or there's going to be opposition there, if you take your gun with you, are they going to consider the, um, the law? Is that going to consider that you're, you know, um, not instigating, but you're contributing to the yeah, violence? Yeah. I mean, but inciting. Yeah. So so that that's shitty because I want to go. I don't want to be cowed. I've said this before. I don't I want to go hear a speaker or I want to go to a rally for, for Trump, let's say for somebody I support. And I, I don't want to be a sitting duck for, for violence against me. So I'm going to protect myself. Well, by that, having that mindset, am I all of a sudden, well, then you shouldn't have went if you thought, no, I think that's, that's, I think that's what people are going to say. That's what pisses me off. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't feel like you shouldn't feel like you have to carry in a situation well, yeah, in, Amer- like in america no you shouldn't it shouldn't be like that but it, it has become that way yeah um but segueing on to um unless you had more to say about no i just i 
I don't think this is going anywhere. I did see the other day, and I can't remember who this was who did it, but someone was basically putting out on Twitter that they were basically broke, but they'd pay 500 bucks to see somebody uh, harm one of these conservatives. Like It was specifically meant for someone, and they're like, that's someone, and they're basically paying someone to go out and do something to somebody. Yeah. Are you, are you kidding? The idea that people even think that that's even funny? Well, there's... I don't know. I can't remember who's, I shouldn't even bring this up because I can't remember who did this, but some leftist tweeted out, uh, go uh, a blue check mark leftist. I can't remember the name, but go, um, go kill a straight white male this morning. That's what he tweeted. Really? And obviously when they asked him to about, it, he's going to say, well, it was a joke. You know, it's like, no, that's, that's far from a joke. Um, and then we'll go on to the, the whole, kind of deplatforming and bullying tactics that are going on. Um, Candace Owens, that's a good example of the bullying tactics. Hold um, on. Here's, I just, I just pulled this up. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's from the Washington post man arrested after tweeting a murder for hire offer $500 for killing an ICE agent. Wow. A Massachusetts man was arrested and charged. Uh, after tweeting a murder for hire offer 500 to anyone who kills a U.S. immigration and customs officer agent, according to the federal indictment. Um, Brandon Zabrowski, 33, was charged Thursday with using interstate and foreign commerce to transmit a threat to injure another person, a federal felony offense. Uh, one example in a, in a spate of threats communicated, quote, under the guise of political debate, unquote, according to U.S. Attorney and District uh for the District of Massachusetts, Andrew Lelling. He created, this guy, Zabrowski, created a Twitter account in March 2009 using the handle at Vine underscore two, Roman two. His tweets allegedly became increasingly threatened over time, spiking in 2018 with violence-inducing messages targeting law enforcement. On February 24, 2018, Zabrowski tweeted, quote, guns should only be legal for shooting the police like a Second Amendment intended, unquote. <laughs> he further shared anti-law enforcement oh, sentiments wow. online saying, posting, uh, quote, F this police state, shooting a cop should get you a medal, unquote. Wow. Yeah. At the time, he had over 400 followers who liked the message, or two liked the message. But he got arrested or just questioned? Yeah, he's apparently arrested. Yeah, should be arrested. Uh, he he uh, he threatened to quote slit unquote Senator John McCain's throat on a on a separate occasion. Man, what a piece of human trash! Well, I found this character I was talking about too. So this guy is a BuzzFeed reporter. He was a blue check or is a blue check mark. So his name is Joe Bernstein. So uh, this is from. Uh, What's the website here? DCWhispers.com is where I found it. Um, Joe Bernstein, a reporter for the far-left BuzzFeed news organization, went full-on, quote, fire in a theater, unquote, mode when he tweeted that people should, quote, kill a straight white man on your way to work tomorrow, unquote, in response to a New Republic article outlining how white middle-class men need to be dethroned in American society. The offensive tweet was unearthed this week and has quickly gone viral, as of now, Twitter has done nothing to punish Mr. Bernstein for his open call for murder of white men. And here's the tweet. Kill a straight white man on your way to work tomorrow. And then he links to a, that New Republic article that straight white middle class men need to be dethroned. 
But here, that's a good example of what we were talking about. Um, tw uh, Twitter did nothing. This guy's tweet is still up there. Um, this guy's account's still up there. He's not um, taken down. But um, conservatives are for not, for not threatening. I'll, I'll they call it. They say they're threatening, and then they never point to evidence of threats. The the one, on the right. and let's get in this plat, deplatforming thing. But the one uh, outlet I will give some credit to is uh, Twitter, at least on this, because when they were deplatforming Alex Jones, and I think Alex Jones is a nut, I really do. Um, but when they were deplatforming him, uh, Twitter was the one who said, "Can't find anything offensive, you know. Can't find anything that violates our policies." So they didn't take him down. Yeah, because he's not he's not calling for violence. He's not um, slandering or libeling. I can't remember what the term is, but he was not doing that. Um, and so they can't. I mean, they can, but they, they say they're not going to, which, you know, kudos to them. But but you know what you do now? If somebody calls you out on that stuff, you just say it was biting satire. Yeah, exactly. Because like that's uh, what Sarah Jong said. Yeah. So uh, that, that works. Yeah, the reporter that hates white pe white people and white men in particular that she got hired by. I heard I heard times. from two different places that she only dates white men. Yeah, that's weird. But what they're doing, and and this is a this is a plan. I mean, Alex Jones got taken down of like off of seven websites or something like that within two days. Yeah. So if they didn't kind of figure out how to do this together, there is an entity in the back. Uh, Jared Holt, who does Right Wing Watch, who's a little piece of shit. That's his livelihood. He's funded by George Soros. He doesn't have to produce money or anything or, or, or make money. So he has this right-wing watch um, site that he goes around and he just monitors everything anybody on the right says or, or, or does or posts. And then he'll contact their employers or contact uh, the, the platform that they're getting their message out on social media or whatever. And he'll organize more leftists or whatever to go in and and say, hey, you know, um, take these people down. This is what they're doing. They're being racist, even though they're not. But he'll make it up or make it sound like that's what they're doing. And they get enough, these companies get enough people, you know, complaining or flagging, is what it's called, their their posts or their media, that they get nervous and they take them down. And so what happened with um, Alex Jones was a coordinated effort from, like, people like the Southern Poverty Law Center. And I don't know if they specifically are part of it, but people like that, those their ilk, Jared Holt. And they'll they'll do this concerted effort to get a lot of people to flag something and say, hey, you need to take this down. And, and the platforms or the, the YouTube and this that it's not like they're scared by it or, or they're they're cowed by it. They kind of agree. They're they're ideologically along the same lines, and they're just kind of looking for an excuse to like look look. Hey, we're getting all these complaints, and technically, you know, they're they're against our term of service, so we got we got to ban them. We got to take them down. See, I agree that they all agree. Where I think this happens is the analogy I'll use is more like uh, uh, airline flight pricing. You know, there's, what, four or five major airlines out there. And if somebody says, if one of them goes uh, Northwest or Northwest Delta, for example, goes, uh, hey, you know, let's uh, run specials on flights to Florida on uh, the three the three weeks before or after spring break. Um, if they do that, all of a sudden, all the other ones jump in and say, well, we don't want to sort of be left out in the cold there. So they have a capitalistic reason for doing that. I think there are plenty of these who didn't like Alex Jones, but he didn't do anything wrong. And then as soon as one of them said, and I'm getting them off there, the other ones took the opportunity to say, yeah, we will too. I don't think they all got together and said, 
let's do like it. Like in a meeting or something, or, yeah. or, or, or I don't um, think direct that, messages between them all. I don't think YouTube and Twitter and... Yeah, all, they just saw what was happening. They go, this is a good time for us to do it, too. I think they just went... Jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Hell, they did it. Let's do it, too. Let's see what happens. But I think part of the, the big problem is that they, they now understand, they get what a huge impact social media had on the election for Trump. And they they don't see they don't see this blue wave coming that they were expecting. They and they're they're seriously worried and they think you know, Trump and conservatives may win the the next election and then Trump may win the presidency again. It's it's not they're not even um delusional enough not to understand that a lot of these and they're thinking, hey, social media was a big deal and we didn't do enough. You know, and what we're going to do is before the next election cycle, we got to make things, we got to keep, keep people from getting their message out because it's, it's, it's working. So even people like Alex Jones, who is a, a conspiracy guy and a nut, um, and claims he in court, he's claimed he's playing a character yeah, too. Uh, but regardless, he, if he has like millions of followers yeah, and they listen to him and if he supports Trump for something, that's a big deal. Well, Matt Christensen, uh, youtuber we both follow he um he was saying his and he understands why it wouldn't happen but he said you know if what if a couple of uh big big channel people like pewdiepie and all that said hey you know what we're going to another basically it it would take billions of dollars to set up another youtube competitor yeah yeah. i mean there's something called bit shoot that's supposed to be a competitor to youtube but they're not I mean, at, for for one, it's kind of an echo chamber because the liberals aren't going there. It's kind of mostly libertarian conservatives and stuff. Right, but what if a what if a um, a PewDiePie or something? He mentioned a couple others went there, and then you know you get more people downstream doing it. And he said H three H. Yeah, he goes. I I totally understand why someone may not do that because they would literally lose millions of dollars over time doing that. Um, but it would it would be interesting. And I I just have to believe there's got to be like a a Mark Cuban, Kevin O'Leary, you know, people who are either right or right of center or just such diehard capitalists and see an opportunity here. That's something eventually is going to pop if it keeps going like this. Well, I, I want to talk about more of my concerns and maybe maybe uh, what we can do about it or what can be done about it. But I want to bring up Gavin McGinnis real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, he's a uh, – this is from Breitbart. Uh, Twitter banned the account of conservative commentator and CRTV host. CRTV is a – kind of a paywall um, media um, site. So you pay a subscription fee and you get all kinds of TV shows. It's like having uh, Fox News or something, um, but you have to pay for it. And uh, it's, it's. I signed up for it when it was, you know, Stephen Crowder's part of it, um, yeah. Roaming Millennial. Mark Levin. Yeah, it's it's a pretty decent Lash. thing. It's got some of the, the Duck Commander people on it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the older Phil Robertson is part of it. He has his own show. Too, yeah, huh? he has, but he's funny. Um, and I was, I signed up for it for a while and then I, I found I wasn't watching it because they were putting clips of it on YouTube and that's all I watched was the YouTube, yeah. the free video. So, um, but okay. So CRTV host Gavin McGinnis without warn, um, warning earlier today, Twitter banned. Um, and that was on August 10th, as well as the official account of the proud boys, which is a conservative libertarian activist group that McGinnis founded. Uh, Twitter spokeswoman said, that the accounts had been banned for violating Twitter's policies on violent extremist groups. Yet both the, both the Proud Boys and McGinnis advocate mainstream conservative and libertarian positions. 
the left-leaning magazine Variety drew a link between the bans and the upcoming Unite the Right to rally in Washington, D.C., which was organized by alt-right activists and white nationalists and whatnot. Yet both McGinnis and the Proud Boys have disavowed um, this event and the people putting it on. You know what I'm surprised by? In The more I look into this, the more I find out it's kind of true. A lot of these white nationalists are uh, like the Richard Spencer crowd. They're not conservatives. They're big government liberals. Yeah. They think the government should be in charge and it should be run by white people. Yeah. I mean, they hate Ronald Reagan. They love Andrew Jackson. They think the last, you know, five Republican presidents were terrible. I I mean, you look at this stuff and you think, there's no way you can say those people are right wing. But, you know, people don't want to hear what they don't want to hear and they just ignore it. Yeah, I heard Dinesh D'Souza talking about that in it. I still haven't seen his movie um, where he actually interviews Spencer and Spencer comes off as from what I heard of the transcript in the interview, he doesn't come off as a right wing guy at all. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a, you know, mixed, he's a mixed blood hating uh, lefty socialist. Yeah. Yeah. But here's, here's what I'm okay. So what they did was they banned, accounts and they call them violent extremist groups when they're basically just um gavin mcginnis he he says things that you mean are gavin mcgines yeah. <laughs> he says things that are controversial or can be considered controversial but he he's a funny guy and he says things he's like a comedian actually he says things that are kind of true and makes puts a humorous spin on him um but um he's no by no means an extremist and the proud boys group that he founded we've brought gone over this before so i won't i'll keep it very brief but it's a it's a western chauvinist group of he kind of gavin mcginnis lamented the whole men's clubs that kind of the the what the uh, elks lodges and all that that are kind of disappeared over the years where men can kind of get together with other men and to be men and uh, he goes he kind of misses that and also kind of to promote the west and western civilization it's not about race because there or it's not even about well it is about gender as he won't allow women in the group um and even like transitioned <laughs> he doesn't allow that which is fine that's that's his prerogative um but you know any 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 race can be in there so that's so all black people hispanic people whatever so it's about western chauvinism the the that the west is better than the rest <laughs> so you run of the mill hate group is what you're saying yeah but the reason they ban them ahead of this and the head of this this unite the right protest is to kind of conflate the two that's all it is they did the timing was to say hey we're doing this because we don't want them promoting this well he never promoted it he disavowed it yeah but they're conflating the two saying hey this one racist group this uh quote-unquote hate group which i don't even know if that if they're really even a hate group at this point um but that that he's part of that and it's like no he's not uh one of his members is is a or one of the former proud, he's a former proud boy that put on this Charlottesville. And the last, you know, the last year when it went on, that's that's when the they had the tiki, tor- the polo shirt wearing tiki torch carrying white guys screaming, "They will not replace us." Or yeah, the those Jew- guys. Or the were Jews Nazis, will not I replace think. us. Yeah, some a lot of those were when they're doing um, the blood and soil thing. Yeah, and I think a lot of the conservatives or a lot of the Western chauvinists saw that coming. Go, oh, we don't want to be. That's optically bad, and we're not that. We're not like that. Um, and then the one asshole, the one guy. Uh, ran his car through a crowd of people. Um, and yeah. so one woman died as a result of that. So that, that stirred up a huge shit show. Um, but so they said, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to deep, basically deplatform the proud boys and McGinnis because 
one of his guys as the founder of of this Unite the Right. Well, this guy that was a Proud Boy got kicked out of the Proud Boys because they found his views reprehensible and didn't align with them. And they disavowed him, disavowed the organization that he started. Yeah, but he was a Proud Boy. Once, yeah, so he? there you have it. Yeah, so there um, you go. But I think uh, the, the bigger issue here now is that all this information people get on Facebook and YouTube and even tweets and stuff, um, it it's so influential that the left has, and that are in control of this, have figured it out and they've figured out, hey, we can do this. We can silence them and there's hardly any pushback. Well, but, and I've heard a couple of people mention this. What do you think happens to Alex Jones now? Do you think, do you think he's totally gone and dead or do you think his... His viewership, I mean, because he's got his own website. Do you think his viewership spikes on his website now? Because people say, well, wait a second. Well, supposedly the Alex Joan app in the app store was the number one downloaded app. But this is my point. This, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're living in San Francisco and you're thinking, hey, everybody agrees with us. Or, you know, the west side of Manhattan and everybody agrees with us. Because everywhere you go, everybody does. And you, you decide... We're just going to do this. And you don't understand the repercussions of it's you're not the entire country. You do you. I mean, I still say this is what got us Trump. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about it. I, I think at this point, social media is extremely important to um, the public, public debate and politics. I think it's, you know, it's the it's almost it's almost so important that it I'm, I'm starting to lean towards that it kind of somewhat needs to be treated like a public utility at this point that there are, there are regulations that these, these sites should have. I don't want the government in control of them. I just want the government to say, Hey, you can't silence people that aren't calling for violence or that aren't, you know, that aren't, you know, doing the fire in the crowded theater or saying, go kill people. You can't, you can't deplatform them. You have to allow them to have a voice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about the whole public utility I, argument. Yeah, to say, I, I don't have a real th- strong, but I think something needs to be considered at least. And I don't know if this falls into um, the same argument, but we might need to start treating these sort of like they're monopolies, like we treat the cable mm-hmm. companies yeah. and stuff. Now, maybe that means, you know, maybe there's people saying, well, that, hey, dummy, that means it's a public utility. Maybe it does. And if it does, I'm not aware. But, uh, yeah, they certainly have. There's too many barriers to entry for somebody else to come in with something else. And well, it's- Jordan Peterson did an interesting interview with uh, Stephen Crowder recently where Stephen Crowder basically did, he acted as if he was a leftist giving an interview to Peterson. It was a, it was kind of an, a, an a thought exercise, and he did a good job. It wasn't like meant for like to be really funny. It was meant to challenge Jordan Peterson and Stephen Crowder by giving opposition and trying to give that op- opposition argument in good faith and he did a pretty good job of it and they brought this up and jordan peterson even said you know we might have to start considering uh, you know treating these these sites like um like a um a public space or and he goes uh uh one of the examples he or one of the examples he gives is and i thought of this myself beforehand is the phone company he goes you don't everybody is allowed to get phone service um and he goes, they don't regulate who gets it and they don't regulate what you can talk about when you're talking on the phone to other people. Um, and, and he goes, it's still a private company. It's just heavily, heavily regulated. Yeah. And that might, that falls into that, you know, monopoly argument, which yeah. may be a public utility argument too. And I, I guess I'm looking at that saying, you know, part of me is saying, I, I don't want, 
I don't want more government regulation of yeah. stuff. But I'm at least open to that argument. I just don't know enough to know enough. You know? Yeah, I would like to to hear the arguments of of. I mean, there's people that say no, absolutely not. We can't do that. And and they're private companies. What aren't you a capitalist? Don't you believe in capitalism? And blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, there are things for the greater good. There's there's you know, um, what government can buy out properties to you know expand Eminent the highway domain. system and all that kind of stuff. So there are instances where it's necessary. And I, I think this might be one of them. I do think, you know, the capitalist part of me goes, no, you got to leave it alone because capitalism yeah. will eventually fix it. The question is, and I think it would, how much damage is done in the How meantime? much damage and how long would it take? Yeah. So so in the, in the span of two years, there's going to be a huge election. With Well, there's going to be an election this year. And then in 2020, the other, the presidential, that that's that's can change the course of the country. I, I get that. Let me just say this, though. And again, I'm on the fence on this whole argument. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is, you know... What, 15 years ago, Mark Zuckerberg made Facebook from his dorm room and look where it is now. If you had somewhere along the line, if there's some, and he did it because there was a need for something like that. MySpace was failing and, you know, there was, there was no other platform like that. Now, maybe something, maybe something has changed in this, at this point where they're so big, you can't break in and they just, you know, if you have a huge app, they just buy you or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like part of me says if somebody created something like that before it could happen again. Right. But yeah, how much, how much damage is done in the meantime? So I'm, I'm still sort of against it as a public utility, but, um, I'm open to that argument because I I sort of feel like that point in arm wrestling match where you feel like, uh, you thought you might win, but you're starting to lose. And you may need to rethink how it how it works. Yeah, readjust. So, yeah. Well, we got one more sponsor we probably should get to before we end right, the show here. Fire away. Um, uh, here we go. For exceptional male enhancement, try Coxitril. Its patented male enhancing formula is guaranteed to add the girth you need to fill any box from the narrowest slot to the most cavernous receptacle. And for a limited time, our listeners will get two free months of male enhancement when you use the code ROOSTER at checkout. Now, I'll tell you, I've been using Coxitril for a while now, and uh, you know my, my mail has never been thicker. So go to Coxitril.com today. Don't forget to use the code ROOSTER for two free months of overflowing mail. <laughs> you must have signed those guys up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope they paid us for it because uh, that wasn't worth it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you need and- to get a hold of us, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And ask Crow about his uh, male enhancement. All right. See you. Bye.